0: Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 138 of the Real Life Runners podcast. So for a lot of us, our activity levels have changed recently. Either we're more active or less active, and that can lead to some aches and pains that may not have been there before. So as runners, what should we do to prevent these injuries or treat them if they're already there so that we can keep running the way we want to?
1: This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running.
0: Okay, so as a physical therapist, one of the first questions that I get from people when I meet them for the first time is, inevitably leads to some sort of ache or pain that they're feeling and they're like oh you know what I've got this thing what should I do about it right like this, can
1: you uh, massage me
0: <laughs> which can be very awkward the first time you meet someone at a cocktail party right <laughs> so so yeah but it's like one of those things that people have aches and pains right and as runners we do get these things from time to time or you know frequently. And our response to them is really what's key here because some people, when they start to get achy or they start to have like little things flare up on them, they're like, oh, well, I can't do that, right? Like, oh, I shouldn't do hills because now my knees are sore or I shouldn't.
1: That's a great one. I can't do hills. I can never run downhills. I could go uphill, but downhill just ruins my knees. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a a popular one. But I I just want to go back and hit the one of when she says it's awkward when people come up to her and ask for a massage at a cocktail party. (laughs) She's not making this up. To watch people untuck their shirts (laughs) and hope that she can massage their lower back in the middle of like a formal gathering really is quite the sight to behold.
0: That's only happened like a handful of times ever <laughs> that someone's actually like untucked things.
1: The fact that it's more than one <laughs> is ridiculous.
0: I know. I know. But like, okay, let's just face it though. There's a lot of excuses that we've heard and these come from both runners and non-runners. Like we'll start off with the non-runners because I think that we hear that a lot too, right? Like all the people that don't run, they're like, oh, you're a runner. I I tried that once, but I can't run because it hurts my back or it, it hurts my knees or I can only run a a treadmill, or I can't do hills. Right, we just said that do one. Hills is the
1: popular one. I can't run on a sidewalk. Yeah, is is it going? The sidewalks are too hard, and it hurts my knees. Right,
0: and and you know people are like, oh, every time I try to run, I get hurt. So I, it's it's just it's not good for your knees. I heard I heard running wasn't good for your knees. That is
1: probably the most common non-runner <laughs> statement is that it's not good for your knees. But among and runners, and it's a lie, by the way. Uh, yeah, very good point.
0: So but, if anyone ever says that to you, you guys need to tell them it's a lie.
1: You should kick him in the knee. <laughs>
0: You want to know it hurts your <laughs> knees.
1: Uh, you get not running. <laughs> um, but... One of the popular ones among runners is that there's a limit on how many miles a week they, they can do before they start getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, non-runners would be like, oh, I can't run at all because it hurts my hip or my knees flare up or my back starts aching. And runners are like, well, I can only run up to like 30 miles a week and then this starts hurting and this starts hurting. So I just try and keep it in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same excuse. It,
0: it is the same excuse in, in a different form. So we can tend to put a lot of restrictions on our running. And really, we can actually cut those out pretty quickly if we are just doing the work that's necessary in order to hit that mileage or do that speed work. So a lot of times what happens, we are setting these restrictions because it's true. And, and you know, we're, we're not trying to say that you're totally making excuses and that these things are false because in a lot of people, these are very true things that start to flare up, right?
1: Completely true things, but there's there's ways to get around them. It's right. it's not an actual, like, solid brick wall that you can't get through. There's there's a ladder standing right there, and there's a way to get over it.
0: There. Ooh, there's a ladder. Yes, there's or a ladder. We're to break right into the metaphors. Yes. Like, all right, let's do it. So, you know, running in general is pretty simple you put on some shoes and you start going and that's how a lot of us started a lot of us just started by putting on some shoes that at least in my situation weren't even running shoes they were just terrible cross training shoes
1: i swear mine were still a bright white pair of shoes and my dad claims that they were not
0: oh mine were so bad i mean (laughs) you saw some of my shoes i
1: saw yours yours were like an all gray pair of cross trainers i'm like well, you can't run in those i
0: remember those gray shoes i really like those shoes (laughs) (laughs) They were not good running shoes, though. So... In, in some cases, you know, especially if you actually have running shoes that are right for you, if you happen to just luck into them because you like the color and they happen to be the right shoes for you. Oh, that's
1: miraculous. Right?
0: I mean, it, it can work out fine. You can go out and you can run your loops and and then you're fine. And the people that go out and they run three miles every day or five miles every day, whatever their normal mileage is at their normal speed, for the most part, go out and, and they're okay with that kind of thing.
1: Right, but sometimes you want to sort of up the level, to try and optimize your performance, to see how much further you could go. What if you tried to go further? What if you tried to go faster? What if you tried to go off the sidewalk? Mm -hmm. What if you tried to do something else to mix up your running, to try and see how much more you could do with your running? Right. And that's where other issues start showing up. And a lot of times when we talk about, well, you have to make sure you build a good foundation, if you tell runners build a good foundation, they're like, "Sweet, I'm just going to run a lot of miles and build a massive foundation." Mm-hmm. And that's not always the uh, the foundation that they need,
0: right? And mileage foundations are very important for sure. But a lot of times, a lot of runners, especially in the past, have not thought about strength and mobility as being a part of their foundation. And thank goodness, a lot of this is coming out in the literature a lot more. It's becoming much more popularized, so people are hearing about this more. Most runners nowadays do know that they need to strength train in some form they might not know what that means they might not know what type of strength training to do they might not know if they should be heavy lifting or body weight or you know doing light weights and high repetitions there's a lot of different ways that you can strength train out there and some people are, are confused by that
1: so what we recommend is marrying a physical therapist thank you that's all we've got for today's episode <laughs>
0: But if you are not lucky enough to marry a physical therapist, you have our podcast. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> so, building your strength and your running form. And the efficiency of your running form is a required foundation if you want to optimize your training, if you want to start to run faster or run further or run trails or on different terrains. Like eventually you might start getting bored with what you're doing and you might want to try to challenge yourself or try to change it up a little bit. Or maybe you've been doing the same thing for a long time and then a friend says, hey, you want to do a half marathon or hey, you want to do a 10K and and you've never done that before. So once you start to get into those kind of uncharted territories of, hey, I've never done that before and you think that just building your mileage isn't enough, in a lot of cases that's not the case. And if you neglect strength training and mobility work, then it can lead to those nagging injuries that might pop up. All
1: right, I'm on a metaphor number two. Let's do it. The car metaphor.
0: Is it a metaphor or is it an analogy?
1: I'm not exactly sure what the difference is.
0: Well, in the notes here, you wrote car analogy. I
1: did write car analogy. (laughs) I think the difference is that I'm going to stretch it out a little bit farther. So if you were going to go on a long road trip, say for instance, you're going to go from running consistency three miles a day, and now you're going to start ramping it up to four, five, six miles a day. You build the long run up on the weekend. You're really ramping the the mileage up on your body. This is like well I normally just take my car and I drive to work and I come home I drive to the grocery store and I come home or here in social distancing land I drive nowhere um
0: (laughs) and I have the best gas mileage ever it's
1: phenomenal (laughs) I filled up three months ago um but now suddenly you're gonna go on a road trip and you're gonna take your car and instead of driving like five miles to work or you know 10 miles to work, whatever it is, you're going to drive for 500 miles. Well, you're not just going to pop in the car and be like, "All right, I'm sure it'll work just the same. You're probably going to check and make sure that the car is ready to roll. Like, you're going to make sure that the oil has been changed recently, maybe the tires have been rotated. There's there's some stuff you want to do to make sure that the car is running well. I know I did this before I drove across the country to be with my beloved down here in Florida, (laughs) is that geoprism went through the works and, like, made sure that it was going to be capable of driving from one side of the country to the other right. in a geoprism with my mom <laughs> <laughs> so and it made it because we took it to the guy and he's like well uh it might need a new set of tires great put them on there all right and i've changed the oil and and i've replaced this spark plug because it was fine but i don't know if it was crossing the country fine and it There was just some foundation that needed to happen, and then the car was completely able to cover the distance because there was nothing wrong with the car. There was nothing wrong with the goal of driving the car from one side of the country to the other. It just needed to be primed and ready to roll that's where the strength training comes in that's the foundation
0: right so to bring that back to us as runners you <laughs> you need to prime your body you need to build a strong foundation in order for you to be able to run across the country like Forrest Gump
1: yes and then back and then and back, then back. <laughs> and then
0: shave a very long beard away um, but so a lot of times we get hurt right and Some people will think, you know what, I I better rest it, right? Rest is the best medicine. I'm hurt. There's a little nag going on. I better just rest it. And for some people, that might be a good idea, depending on what's going on.
1: I mean, RICE is the acronym for when you get the injury, and the R stands for rest, because you're not going to hurt yourself by resting as the immediate response. Right, yeah. As the immediate response. As the immediate
0: response. That's That's a very good point. And I think that right now, this... Episode is is very um, accurate, very
1: apropos. That's
0: that's the, what, the word, that's the I was word going you wanted to
1: say. I wanted I know. to say that. Yeah, you, you felt can it. say it.
0: You felt it on my tongue, uh-huh. didn't you? Yeah, go for it. Um, so yes, this is a very apropos episode <laughs> with our the time that we're in right now because a lot of us have either increased our activity level or decreased our activity level. I know for me, it's been a a decrease because I am home a lot more. Now my running hasn't decreased at all. My running has like slightly increased a little bit, but my general activity level has decreased significantly. Like on my non-running days, I do not get a lot of steps because I'm home. And so I have had to make a point to like actually get out of the house and go for walks because all the steps that I normally get when I'm at the office or treating home patients, so those are just gone now.
1: Yeah, those don't exist. I've never sat this much. Right. When I teach in a classroom, I walk around the front of the classroom exactly. the entire time. I Even if I'm just standing there because I'm not covering that much, I just, I, I stand, but I tend to pace back and forth across the front so that you engage the entire class. Like mm-hmm. that's how they teach teachers to teach is move, move through around. the classroom. Right now I don't move as I teach. I literally sit in a chair in mm-hmm. front of a computer and teach kids who are also sitting and staring at their computers. Right. It's such a sedentary act.
0: Yeah. And one of our clients is a teacher also. And she emailed me this week because she started to have a little flare up of sciatica pain. And I said to her, okay, are you sitting a ton more? And, and she said like, to
1: her, stop being a pain in the butt.
0: <laughs> 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 you did not. <laughs> he did not say any of that. But anyway, I basically just pointed out like it's not the running. The running isn't a problem. You haven't been you're doing the same stuff that you're doing. You're following your training plan. You're doing a great job. But look at the rest of your life. Like you're used to being a teacher where like Kevin, you're up on your feet, you're walking around. You're not only up and around the classroom all day, then you're walking to the lunchroom and you're walking to the teachers lounge and you're you know, you're you're just walking a lot more. All There's just the a place. lot of movement. And when you're an at-home teacher, a homeschool teacher, you're probably sitting a lot more. And so she recognized that and she jumped on it. She jumped right on it. She started doing the things that I I told her to do with the foam rolling and the lacrosse ball. And and those are the things that we're going to talk about today. And the pain went away within a couple of days, you know, which is fantastic.
1: She caught it before pain became a problem. She caught it when pain was simply pain. Right. And when it's it's an immediate pain, to get back uh, kind of where we were here, a lot of people just try and rest. That They're like, all right, well, I'll just, I'll stop. I'll take a day doing off. What I'll, yeah, I'll take a day off. Yeah. Oh, it hurt a lot. I'll take two days off. Mm-hmm. And then while they take days off, they grumble that they're not doing anything. They complain about their lack of physical activity, longing for this time where they will be able to go out and run again.
0: Right. And the problem becomes when one day becomes two days and two days becomes four days. Four days becomes a week. A week becomes two weeks, right? Because when sometimes when you have a little ache or pain pop up or you actually have a little injury pop up, a couple of days might not be enough. You might need more than that to do it. You might need to actually get in there and massage things away. You might have to deal with this, the tissue mobility. You might have to deal with inflammation. You might need strengthening. And I, I should actually take that word out. You probably definitely probably do need strengthening. It's probably much more than a mite, you know, because as a physical therapist, we give strengthening exercises to everyone. There's pretty much no one that comes in that I've ever seen that doesn't benefit from some sort of strength training exercises. And obviously that's my background. That's where I come from. I'm not there injecting people or sticking needles into anybody. So I I come from treatment through exercise treatment through movement, but, Really, that is the way to long term success. Like, even if you get an injection, if you go to a doctor, say you have, you know, a knee pain thing, you go in, you get a shot, the knee pain goes away, you're like, sweet, I'm cured. And you jump right back into the same training cycle, the same plan that you were in. Most likely, you're going to land in that same injured po- position. Who knows when, you know, like it Pretty might soon. be soon. It might be, you might gain a couple weeks or a couple months, but you're probably going to land right. In the spot where you were. Well,
1: because the shot didn't actually fix the issue. It just right. briefly covered the pain. Right. The same as taking a couple of days off didn't actually fix the issue. If it was a really minor issue, there was just a you know a lot of inflammation in an area, taking a couple of days off could in fact allow your body to naturally fix that. Maybe that was the issue.
0: Well, and especially if it's like a, an acute injury, like say you were out on a run and you twisted your ankle. Sure. Right? Like you fell off the sidewalk. <laughs> Lord knows I've done that before. Yes. You know? And... And you twist your ankle or you you catch a branch if you're running on a trail. Something happens like that and you get acutely injured that you have inflammation. Rest really is the best situation right here.
1: Right, because then you're not dealing with an injury that was caused by... I mean, it was caused by your running, but it wasn't an overuse injury. Right, It wasn't a
0: repetitive use injury of that's something that you've just been doing. And there's just this underlying weakness that you've been neglecting. And then over time, that pain just starts to pop up and then increase and then get worse and to the point where you can't ignore it anymore.
1: Right. Because that's that's what's causing all these things is this hidden underlying weakness Mm -hmm. and you take a couple days off and your body recovers enough that you can now run for a few more days or you know you take a shot and now it's feeling okay you pop a couple advil before the run and you can get through the run none of these are actually fixing the issue they're all pretending that there's not an underlying problem they're just ignoring the underlying problem and so you just keep getting injured and the more you mask that pain, the more you literally cover it with anti-inflammatory meds or in court, uh, what? cortisone injections, cortisone injections mm-hmm. right? I couldn't remember the word exactly, but when you are simply blocking out the pain, you're actually probably injuring your body further than it was. You can Like be. that pain that you're feeling is your body saying, hey, you're pushing this too far. We need to do something about this mm-hmm. before you keep doing what you're doing. It's not saying that this is an actual limit. Like it's not a restriction on you. Mm-hmm. It's just saying that before you proceed, you got to check your foundation. There's something going wrong here that you need to address before you can advance further.
0: Right it's a warning signal you know it's basically like the yellow light that your body is saying slow down and and let's 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 take some caution here. Like what's going on? And like Kevin said, if you continue to just push past it and ignore it and put blinders on and just keep going, eventually you're going to hit the red. You're going to hit that point where you're not going to be able to go further. And then you're going to be frustrated. Then you're going to be sidelined. Then you're going to be injured. And it's going to take you longer to get back to where you were. So if you want to keep doing the same thing, like if you – Get feel that little injury and then you rest and you jump back into that same training cycle and you don't change anything and you keep doing the same thing, why are you expecting new results?
1: Yeah, I played that game for so long in college. It was like, oh, I'm good until I get to 80 miles a week and then my knee is a problem. I should just take some time off and then hit 80 miles a week again. Shockingly, the knee ca- knee pain came right back. Right. Like It wasn't 80 miles a week. It's that my hips were so weak that with every step my knees were crashing together mm-hmm. and it turned out that yes, when I repeat that so often during the week with improper form because my hips were so Week that my foot was landing all out of whack, mm-hmm. then yes, that was so much repetitive, repetitive use that the injury then flared up, and it didn't flare up as much at 60. So I could handle that level of mileage. Mm-hmm. It's not that that injury wasn't still there. It's just that it didn't show up at 60 miles a week. It didn't show up as it kind of started hinting at 70, and then I would get to 80, and it was like, whoa, this is a problem. 80 miles a week was not my problem. My hips were my problem.
0: Right. The 80 miles a week are just what shone a very bright light onto that problem, essentially.
1: 80 miles a week was a flashlight saying, hey, there's your issue, buddy. Right. It's your hips.
0: Right. So for you, it was around that 80 mile mark. For some people, it might be around the 30 mile mark or the 40 or the 50. And that's when a lot of people say, oh, okay, that must be my limit. That's my limit. So you just set this restriction on yourself and say, well, I can't go past 40 miles a week because after... After I am past that, then my knee starts hurting, then my back's hurt, then my hips hurt, all these things, right? But what if instead of saying, well, that's my limit, you said, okay, what can I do? Like I noticed that, let's start with observation, right? Ooh, this is going to be okay? awesome. So we're going to start with observation. I notice that when I start to hit around 40 miles a week that my knee starts to get achy. What can I do so that I can push past that and not have that happen to me when I hit that mileage limit. Instead of saying, oh, that must be my limit, you can say, you know what, what, uh, what other areas am I neglecting? What can I do to help support my body so that when I hit that mileage, I'm not feeling those aches and pains?
1: And that's a, such a better mindset of how to go at it than saying there's an actual concrete limit right. to me, of saying I am limitless, I just need to figure out how to get around this current, like, seeming limitation in front of me. It's not real. It's it's just, it's this image in front of me. I just need to figure out how to get around it.
0: Well, I don't even know if you want to go get around it. If you want to just bust right through, through, through it. Go through it. Yeah, you know, like because <laughs> I think trying to get around it is, is the... Is the cortisone shot? <laughs> the injections, yeah. The injections, those kinds of things. That's trying to, like, skirt around the issue and just pretend it's not there. But really, you need to... Find the ladder.
1: Excellent. Find the ladder
0: <laughs> and and go up and over that wall, like or bust through that wall. Take a stick of dynamite to the wall, and that stick of dynamite is your strength and your mm-hmm. mobility work. Turns
1: out that stick of dynamite is clamshells in my case. <laughs>
0: Clamshell exercises, <laughs> banded hip abduction. Right. So there are strength certain strength exercises that really all runners should be doing. Um, actually, I, let me let me go back on that. The specific exercises are less important, but the muscles that we're strengthening, that is the key.
1: Oh, that was much better. Yes, because for me, I went with clamshells because I thought they were easy, but there are many exercises mm-hmm. that I could have thrown out that all would have targeted basically the same muscle.
0: Right, and, and there are more effective exercises, and there's been a lot of research studies that have shown the – percentage of that muscle that is firing during that exercise so that you know which muscle is the most effective at strengthening the gluteus medius muscle and they go through and they check all the muscles and they check how what percentage of the muscle's fibers or firing dirt during certain exercises to find the most effective strengthening exercise. And so, yeah, you could go by that if you wanted to. And, and there's a lot of that information out there. And those of you that are members of our Real Life Runners Training Academy, I have all the information <laughs> in the academy for you. I have all of these strength exercises already picked out, already planned out. They're the part of the, the strength and core circuits that you guys do every week as part of your training plans because I've read all the research. I know all these things things so you don't have to figure it out like that's the benefit of being a part of the academy so we
1: got two options join the academy or marry a physical therapist these are what we got
0: oh we can can keep building throughout the episode perfect (laughs) so okay so back to strength training so when you focus on okay Maybe there's some sort of deficit here that's causing this pain to appear once I hit this certain mileage. What could it be? And then you can start to do some self assessment tests. Try to check the strength of your hips, check the stability of your knees and your feet. And, um, you know, do you have the right amount of support in your shoes? Do you have the right amount of strength in your hips so that your knees aren't crashing in and collapsing with every step? How is your core strength? Like, are you upright when you're running? How is your posture? Does your back? start hurting because when you fatigue you start to tilt your hips forward and get that arch in your back or are you strong enough to pull your stomach in and keep your pelvis underneath you as you run like all of these things that can affect the amount of pain that you're having these are the things that we need to start looking at as runners if we want to be limitless if we want to just bust through these limits that we think that we have on ourselves because quite honestly who wants to have a limit on you? And I, I mean, I would say nobody in general. Like as human beings, we yearn to be free and we yearn to just have that freedom and have no one putting any sort of boundaries or restrictions on us. We don't like that as human beings. And, I and think yet that we do it
1: to ourselves. We do it
0: to ourselves. And I think that that desire to not have those limits is even stronger in runners. Like as runners, that's one of the things that we're proving to ourselves every single day is that I can do hard things. I can push through this pain. I, you know, don't have to have these limits set on me. So it's even more important for us to look at this.
1: Right. Unfortunately, a lot of runners, because they have that that mindset of, I do hard things, I can push through this, instead of pulling back and doing the strength and saying, I can do hard things. I'm going to do these strength exercises, I'm going to do this mobility work, I'm going to find my imbalances, I'm going to see if there are actual, like, physical limitations where this muscle is firing differently on the right side versus the left side, I'm going to put in the, the work to do that, a lot of runners get into the mindset of, well, it hurts, But it also hurts when I race, so I'm just going to practice with it hurting every single day when I run and get really, really tough about it because runners do tough things and they just keep running literally in pain every time that they go out. And they're like, I know, running hurts, but it's worth it. I love running. It's so good. You can only do that for so long. Mm. It's going to get to a point where you're just like, oh, it hurts so much every time I take a step. I don't think I can do this anymore. And not only that, I don't think I'm enjoying this anymore. And it takes the love and it takes the excitement. And then you're like, "Mm, should I have a running goal? Well, there's that race that I'm going to do and I guess I'll get there. I mean, it's going to be really painful to do it because it just hurts to step out of bed in the morning. But I guess I have to get in another six miler today. Pull back on the distance. Lay the actual foundation. That's the hard thing. Sometimes the hard thing is pulling back from the mileage that you want so that you can get eventually to the mileage that you really want. Mm -hmm. Like you have to live in that. uh, For me, I could hang out at like 30 miles a week for a long time and put in a whole bunch of strength training and build the foundation so that I can climb up almost as high as I, I can come up with. Because I laid in the strength foundation instead of saying, let me get right to that pain threshold, then take some time off and do some strength training and then see if I can try it again. Just actually do the strength training. And it might not be the thing that is super exciting for a lot of runners, but it might be like, I've no runners that are on completely both sides of this one. Some that are just like, I just want to put my shoes on and go run. And others that are like, yeah, running's great, but I want to be able to have a mix of everything and feels, feel super strong. So there's both sides of this and both runners, whatever your personality trait is, need the strength.
0: We do need the strength. Um, I want to go back to to what you said there with um, pushing through pain because I think that that's a, it's a point that I really want to focus on and just emphasize a little bit here. Everybody has heard the mantra before, no pain, no gain, right? That is a very common thing that athletes say. Now, I – I think the humans is Americans too. No pain, no gain, right? It's like this <laughs> badge of honor that we wear. That's like, oh well, if it's not painful, then it's not worthwhile. And it's the same just, thing
1: happens in work. I've got to, I got to hit the grind. Well,
0: it's the busy. Yes, it's, it's, it's you the know, busy. It's, it's the busy badge that we use also as as humans. Um, that somehow. Our culture and society nowadays, if you're not busy, then you're not doing it right. And everyone's like, oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm busy. You know, like that's just become like a, a thing we say.
1: Th- those two lines go together. Yeah. I'm good. I'm busy. I mean,
0: I do it myself, you know, and I, I try to catch myself. And I'm like, why am I pointing out the fact that I'm busy? <laughs> that's not a badge of honor. But anywho, back to the no pain, no gain. Now, this is something that I tell my patients a lot too, and also our, our clients. There's a difference between between pain from injury and pain from pushing hard, pain from a workout. And it's very important as a runner to know the difference between the two because no pain, no gain – to an extent that's true right we all know as runners especially if you're in the middle of a speed workout or if you're in the middle of a 5k like it is going to hurt your legs burn your chest might be burning like you're breathing like all of it might be hurting your body is probably going to be screaming at you to stop at some point if you're doing it correctly worst
1: part of a 5k 5k is that guy standing there at the two mile mark just smiling mm-hmm. mile to go
0: yeah are you no, almost there
1: no there's not there's 1.1 1. 1 miles to go yeah. why don't you get the Smile off your face there, chief. (laughs) Chief.
0: (laughs) So there's the difference between that pain of running really hard and pushing your body to a limit versus the pain from an injury. And if you keep pushing through the pain of an injury, you are most definitely not going to be gaining anything. Okay. (laughs) You are most definitely going to be setting yourself back and putting yourself on the couch for even a longer period of time. So no pain, no gain in a race. Fantastic. If your knee is bothering you the second you get out of bed, Nope, not so much, okay? (laughs) So that is the kind of pain that is that warning sign for you to take a step back and examine. Observe what's going on, observe how you're feeling and examine where you have deficits that you need to improve so that you can deal with that pain, make it go away so that you won't have a limit on your running, on your training, on your life. Because quite frankly, these things, these running injuries don't just affect our running. And a lot of times... They affect our daily lives. It's not just knee pain when you're out running. I mean, sometimes that can happen. Sometimes uh, runners only have the pain when they're running, you know, whatever it might be. But a lot of times if you have a running injury, it affects your running, but it also affects how you feel in your normal daily life. Can you pick up your children? Can you squat down and get something off the floor? Like those things are affected also.
1: Can you climb stairs? Can
0: you climb stairs? That's a huge one. And not to, not only the physical pain, but the mental pain of not being able to run, right? Uh, yes. Then there's that aspect also that we can layer on top of things. So strength training lays the foundation for a success successful comeback so if you are experiencing pain if you are do have like a little injury or a little like ache that's starting to kind of you know put its head up and let you know that it's there, then focusing on key exercises that will help to improve your areas of weakness are super important during this time. But before you can do that, you actually have to diagnose those areas of imbalance and then figure out the exercises to correct them.
1: All right, doctor, any any, uh, suggestions without getting into crazy details here?
0: Okay, so... For most people, if you are having any sort of knee pain, you should probably look at your hips. And for most people, if you are having low back pain, you should also probably look at your hips. Okay. (laughs) So for most runners in general, you should look at your hips. You should
1: look at your hips.
0: (laughs) Okay. So hip strengthening exercises and core strengthening exercises are really two of the most important injury prevention types of exercises or injury treatment um, things that you should be focusing on, specifically the outside of the hips. Like your the muscle group called your hip abductors, they're responsible for your leg kicking out to the side. Those muscles in a lot of runners are weak, and those muscles are very important because they help to stabilize your pelvis as you're running. So if your pelvis isn't stable, if those muscles are weak, then you're getting more movement in your lower back, in your spine. You're not as stable in like the, where the pelvis meets the spine. So that can cause low back pain. And also when you land, when your foot lands, if your hip isn't doing its job stabilizing your pelvis, then your knee usually crashes in towards the other knee as well, which can cause knee
1: pain. You may have seen people like this out running, um, because if it's, particularly weak it's really easy to spot in people as they're running towards you or away from you there's two different ways to pick it up as they're running towards you it looks like their knees are almost hitting each other with each step because the knees are crashing so far to the inside Mm -hmm. their feet aren't landing underneath them their feet are running in a perfectly straight line like as though they are running heel to toe like like they have to run down a straight line on the road so their feet keep going towards the middle and then if you look at them as they run away their feet are flaring out to the outside with every single step Mm -hmm. because it balances the body. If the knees go in, then the foot goes way out. So if you've seen somebody running And the foot going to the outside, I know I can pick up when I start doing it, when I start getting really tired, Mm -hmm. a lot of people can feel that their feet are going to the outside. It's harder to feel that your knee's crashing in, especially if that's just how you run. But you can probably sense that your foot is kicking not just behind you, but behind you and out to the outside, that Mm -hmm. it flicks out to the outside with every step. That's usually a sign that you have weakness on the outsides of your hips. Right.
0: So that is a really, really important area. to to look for Um, and that's something that you can focus on regardless of if you currently have aches and pains because if you are in the middle of trying to build toward a race or train for a race, having strong hips is going to benefit you no matter what. Like you will not be wasting your time. If you do hip strengthening exercises,
1: you make an excellent point there. Like the, the question is, what well, what if my hips are strong enough, then I don't need to do any of these things. Nope. You, you're probably going to be okay. What's going to be the issue. You're too strong. Like you're not going to get too strong in your hip abductors. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Wow. Like your hip be...
0: abductors <laughs> are looking awfully buff today.
1: <laughs> like if you, you're wearing the real <laughs> short split shorts, like it's just, it, even it's that's not, not showing happen. it off. It's not going to um, happen. But you, you can't over-stabilize. You can't over-build your stabilizers. You can't get, like, too stable? Is that is that a thing? You can't get too stable.
0: Like- I mean... I- I would say no. I mean, like, because your hip abductors are just weak in general.
1: It's not like they're a massive muscle. Like, no, they're you very still, small muscles. You still have your glute max there that's doing completely different things that's right. going to keep you firing in the correct direction. Right,
0: and your glute max, like your, your butt muscle, is a very important mu- running muscle as well. And you can build that up very easily. No, I shouldn't say very easily. But, you. I mean, look at the difference between... Easier. Well, look at the difference between sprinters... In yes. the Olympics and distance runners in the Olympics. Like sprinters have big booties yeah. and there's a reason yeah. because that, got back. <laughs> the gluteus maximus is your power muscle, right? So if you want to run really fast, you need a strong gluteus maximus. Like, And so <laughs> running fast will also build the strength in the gluteus maximus.
1: It's It's been so long since I've been together with my track team, but there was a guy on the team who... Had, he, Rather sizable backside. He was also by far the fastest kid. Yeah. And he took great pride in the size of his backside.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, in some people, it looks like a shelf. You know, like it's like a booty and that makes people faster. Like, and so if that's something that you feel like you want to start to build up your speed, like your gluteus maximus is a good muscle to focus on. Yes. And And doing hills and doing sprints and speed work, those kinds of thing is going to build up that speed and that power. So, okay. So that's basically, you want to focus on these key exercises to help stabilize your body so that when you do start running, when you do start ramping up the mileage, your body's going to be able to take it. Because What happens when you start to get to those higher mileage weeks or those higher mileage runs, like, you know, even on an individual run, somebody might be able to go out and run five miles fine, but as soon as they get to seven or eight, that's when they start hurting, right? Everything starts to ache and everything starts, like your knee starts hurting. You just start feeling things way more. Mm -hmm. And it's because those muscles are fatiguing as you run. So in order to strengthen them, you need to continue, number one, to run more be in in order to run more you need to strengthen those muscles so that they don't fatigue as easily.
1: Yeah, it's funny. It's like it's the small muscles that really start showing that they're they're getting tired towards the end of a run. Yep. Like I know that there is a loop that I do around our house. It's a really long one. And it, I head out from the house and I make this left turn and the sidewalk gets really really rough. And on my way out, I'm just over a half mile from the house, and my feet cannot tell at all that the sidewalk is super, super rough. And on the way back... I'm at like somewhere between 15 and 20, depending on how that loop goes. And I can feel every slight bump in the sidewalk <laughs> because the muscles in my bottom, in the bottom of my foot are just like, yep, yeah, we're done. We gave up three miles ago, dude. So we're going to feel every single slight dip and nuance to the sidewalk. And so that rough patch there, and it's, it's not a huge rough patch. It's like, I don't know, 50 meters long, but it is painful to run over that stretch. Mm-hmm. And it's because the muscles in your foot are tired from all of the pounding of mile upon mile that you've done. And I I know that as I head in that, that final straightaway back towards the house, especially if the sun's going in the correct direction, I can see on my shadow and I really focus that I, I can see that the shadow has my feet kicking up behind me because if on the shadow I see my feet flaring off to the side, when I finish, my knees are going to be aching even more. But those, those muscles on my hips are getting tired as well. It's just mm-hmm. The longer you're out there, things just start getting tired and they're just not working quite as smooth after right. so much time.
0: Right. So the strength training helps because for, for many reasons. It helps to make the muscles stronger. But what does that mean? What does stronger mean? Well, the muscles can handle more forces basically you put forces on these muscles every time you go out and run and the muscles can handle more force that's when they're stronger they can also fatigue less quickly so you're building the muscular endurance Part of what you do during strength training is also increase muscle recruitment, which is the number of muscle fibers that fire every time you contract that muscle. So, if you have more muscles firing, more muscle fibers firing when you contract the muscle, that muscle is not going to fatigue as quickly because there's it's basically you know trying to lift a big rock and doing it with two people versus 10 people. It's going to be much easier with 10 people. So, strength training helps to increase the muscle recruitment so that you have. Have more of the muscle active during all of these movements. Okay so when you're strength training yes there are very specific muscles that you should be focusing on and this allows you to also feel productive with your running even though you might be taking a small break because of an injury. Like you can say you know what I'm not running right now I'm taking a couple days off but I'm going to focus on these strength exercises so that I can build up even stronger than I was before because I'm still a runner. It goes back to our, you're still a runner on the days that you don't run. And when you have to do these exercises that can get monotonous and they can get annoying to have to fit them in multiple times per week, you have to remind yourself that there's a very good reason that you're doing it because by doing these strength training exercises you are allowing your body to deal with the other things that you actually want to do.
1: Right, and it's a whole lot better to grumble through some exercises than grumble while sitting on the couch and just saying, well, okay. I guess I can't run because I can't go further than this, or I can't do the hills, or that's my limit on how many miles per week, and now I'm hurt again. Be productive. Like, if you're going to grumble about something, at least be productive while you're doing it. <laughs> you know? At least do
0: strength training while you're grumbling. Right. Right. Okay. So let's, um, let's move on to mobility now because strength training is definitely important. And as a blanket statement, basically focus on strengthening your hip abductor muscles and your core muscles. Now we'll talk about mobility. So mobility is needed. Mobility is basically a term that is how your joints move and how your muscles and your tissues kind of move along and with each other as well. So mobility is very important so that your body can smoothly flow through running form. Because if you have areas uh, where you are lacking mobility, like especially in the ankle. This is something that's common in runners. If you don't have enough ankle mobility, you're going to have to run with a different running form. And when you change your form up a little bit or you run with a form that isn't quote unquote ideal, then the body just has to adapt in different ways, which can lead to breakdown and imbalance. So when you have enough mobility, and again, this is not something that you need a lot of mobility, hypermobility, which is too much mobility, is a bad thing also. That can lead to other problems with laxity and not enough stability. So, but what you do need is enough mobility so that you can flow through the running motions without having to make compensations.
1: Yeah. Compensations are just sort of look sort of herky-jerky in your motion. Like Mm -hmm. you just want That smooth, fluid motion from stride to stride to stride. Because running, as we point out a lot, running is simply hopping from one leg to the other, repeatedly over and over and over again, mm-hmm. but it's, it doesn't look like hopping. Like I, I had my kids hopping the other day because we're all quarantined. And so we've got them out, out on the sidewalk trying to burn some energy and they were doing running drills and they were literally hopping. Mm-hmm. That's not what running looks like. Mm-hmm. Running doesn't look like hopping. And yet it is because when you do it correctly, it's such a fluid motion from going from hopping on one foot to hopping on the other without this jarring break in between. It's like, I'm going to hop on my left foot. Now I'm going to hop on my right foot. No, you're just going to run and it's a fluid motion, but it only works if you can actually smoothly go through the full range of motion. Mm -hmm. And that's, well, that's where mobility comes in.
0: Right. And so if, what you need to do basically is to determine whether your mobility may be creating a limit on your running. So the best way to do this is by doing some functional testing. So some important functional testing that you can do, um, number one is, a a double leg squat like a deep squat if you squat down with your hands over your head feel what is limited like do you feel like your hips are limited do you feel tightness in your lower back if your hips or if your hands are up over your head do you feel tightness in your upper back in your shoulders do you feel like you can't squat all the way down because you're going to fall backwards that could be a, a limitation in your ankle mobility so there's a lot of things that that functional squat test can show you. Same thing with the single leg squat test. A a single leg squat test is very important. It can show you both mobility, but the single leg points out more stability issues so that kind of goes back to our our last thing with strength training Um, whether or not you have enough strength and stability the single leg squat test is a great assessment test for that and those of you that have done our five-day running challenge you we've put you through the single leg squat test and we've taught you how to assess yourself by recording yourself on your phone Going through doing you know five or six squats, and then going back and watching it to actually see where your deficiencies lie
1: yeah it's uh, the single leg squat is a great one to see see weaknesses, but you kind of went through um, one of the the major deficiencies that shows up with mobility quickly there and how to diagnose the double leg squat. If you try and squat with your toes and heels on the ground and you find yourself falling over, that's an ankle mobility issue. And the ankle mobility really prevents your running form from looking smooth because you can't transition smoothly through your stride. Like your foot just kind of like slaps the ground, which is not a good goal of running. Like Mm -hmm. running should be kind of a, A quieter process it shouldn't sound like a thump slap thump slap that's not great running movement
0: well and it's not good for your body either because that's one of the things that can lead to a lot of shin splints you know like shin splints are a very common running issue especially newer runners so if you're the the front of your foot is like slapping down with each time it's it's showing you that you don't have good muscle strength actually eccentric muscle control that's actually allowing your foot to lower down In a controlled fashion. It's just kind of slapping down, but also that lack of mobility can be a reason that that is occurring as well.
1: Yeah, you go to it totally from the physical therapist perspective. I go to it from the I sold running shoes for 10 years. You might also be in a really bad pair of shoes. That's true. Because there are shoes that just literally won't transition from heel to toe. And the person with the most immaculate running form is still going to sound like they're slapping the ground because the shoe doesn't transition so yeah. that could be an issue also right
0: so mobility is also very important like you you might actually just need to perform regular mobility work like i know i, sh- I shouldn't say again i just said might you do need to you perform do regular mobility work to make sure that you have the range of motion, and the mobility in your hips, in your ankles. Like those, again, are the two most important things I think as runners we need to focus on is do you have enough mobility in your ankles and your hips?
1: And this goes back to one of the things we were saying at the beginning of the episode is a lot of people have changed substantially the amount of motion that they're going through during the day. If you used to be a more active person and you are in fact far more sedentary now, that's going to inhibit some of this mobility. Like I know that on runs in the middle of the day, I used to be able to go off like a lunchtime run. And I felt phenomenal on a lunchtime run because I'd been up and I'd been moving for hours. And now a lunchtime run feels the same as first thing in the morning, just got out of bed Mm. because I've been sitting all morning long. So if If mobility is an issue, make sure that you 're warming up correctly mm-hmm. so that your body is prepared to go through some of this motion, which might even be just like walking around for a few minutes before you start your run right like that's it doesn 't need to be this massive process to get yourself ready, but your body needs to be warm before it can start actually running
0: right, and I think that that 's Brings us to the importance of like an active warm up, a dynamic warm up. Yes, for some people, walking might be enough. For some people, you might want to do some very gentle running drills, like some marches, high marches, some slow butt kicks. You don't want to do anything crazy dynamic right at the beginning because you're not warmed up yet. But again, like going up and down on your toes, doing heel raises to start firing your calf muscles, doing some squats just to like put your ankle and your knees in those bent positions again, like doing things to warm up your joints before you just hit the road is important and then also having a little mobility routine that you can do a couple of times a week is important too for some people that might look like foam rolling some people might like to use a a lacrosse ball some people like those um you know massagers that kind of help to loosen up your tissues so you have to think about the tissue mobility and then you also have to think about the joint mobility going through like yoga is a great thing to help promote mobility and I'm not talking about flexibility here I'm not talking about the length of your muscles for most people that's not usually the biggest issue for some people yes but usually the biggest issue is mobility not actual flexibility muscle length type of issues
1: yeah it's more the muscles gliding along each other and the joints moving correctly and right. when you're sedentary for a large period of time you just you need a warm up i i like to kind of do a couple I don't do a ton but on my way out to start running I will literally march my way out Mm -hmm. and then right before I start I do a couple of like deep squats and I'm fairly good to go right but if I'm doing some speed I do a lot more that all kind of looks like that Mm -hmm. but it's just a more involved routine so that the joints are all ready to go because the faster you're going and the more like uneven the surface might be the more range of motion you need need to be prepared for right
0: yeah one of the my favorite moves that I do um, as part of my dynamic warm up is the runner's lunge that 's one of my favorite things because you 're getting like the hip flexors you 're getting the hip capsule the joint that like you 're just getting a lot of things I get a, a spine rotation because i 'll do like i 'll do runner's lunge and then i 'll do a spinal twist added into it um where I basically In the runner's lunge position, I just lift up one hand and kind of twist open my body to that side. It feels amazing, especially first thing in the morning. Like get lots of cracks and pops in my back, (laughs) (laughs) snap, crackle, and pop. Um, But but yeah, it you know just you have to kind of go through and kind of find what feels best for you and, and, and experiment with that. So basically, to wrap it all up, strength training and mobility are essentially ongoing treatment and prevention of running injuries especially when you are very sedentary these things are super duper important okay because as runners we are constantly pushing our bodies which means that we're breaking them down and rebuilding them so if we break them down rebuild them break them down rebuild them that's that's great that's how we get stronger but if we're not rebuilding all the way and we're just breaking down and we're not getting the strength training and the mobility work the recovery the nutrition that we need then that's going to lead us down a path of injury
1: right and the mobility work like the foam rolling or the lacrosse ball or however you you take care of the the soft tissue is how you make sure that when the muscle is building back it's building back correctly and it doesn't create these sort of sticky points inside of your your legs so that as you right. try and go out and run it's like I don't know there's like a stabbing pain just animally in the middle of my leg. Yeah, you need some soft tissue work. You need to kind of work the knots in your legs out because you broke the muscles down as they're building back. You want to make sure they're building back smoothly so that the muscles are continuing to glide past each other all nicely.
0: Right, exactly. So, and, and then back to strength, you know, strength training is really, really important for us as runners because we don't strengthen our stabilizing muscles during running because if you're just running in a smooth, straight line on a smooth, straight surface, like you're strengthening the muscles in the front of your legs and the back of your legs, pretty much. You're not really targeting the ones on the side. Like, yes, they're working because they're stabilizing you during that whole motion, but they're not specifically being targeted, specifically being strengthened. So we as runners, lateral strengthening is very, very important. That's takes us back to those hip abductor
1: muscles. Right if you do a lot of running on trails you probably have greater strength naturally in your stability muscles but if you're doing a lot of trail running I'd argue that you need to focus even more on this because your body is going to be forced with uh, unexpected lateral motions if you Mm -hmm. land on branches and rocks and ruts and whatnot that you really need to make sure those stabilizers are super strong and if you're like no all I do is I just run on a treadmill and it's totally flat and smooth you still need to build the stabilizers. Mm -hmm. If you're going to work on things like going faster or going further, because eventually it's going to feel like you've reached a limit and you haven't, you just need to take care of the foundation of building the strength.
0: Right. Because if you do the strength training, strength training increases the amount of power that you are then able to generate. So increasing your power output, like I said before, when you start to increase the amount of muscle fibers that you recruit to do all the different things that you're asking them to do, it's going to make feeling or running at all paces feel easier. So your easy pace is going to be easier, or maybe you're going to notice that your easy pace now is faster than it was before.
1: Yes. One one of the others, either you're doing the same pace and it doesn't feel as hard or it feels exactly the same and you're going faster. Both of those are a win as a runner. Both
0: of those are very welcomed benefits (laughs) of strength training for us, right? So hopefully we have convinced you guys that strength training and mobility work are extremely important for you to be adding into your training plan so if you feel like okay yep i get it i need to do this but you're still not quite sure where to start we do have a great program that we have open for you guys now again it's our five day running challenge if you haven't been a part of it please jump in go to five dayrunningchallengecom to sign up for that we for those of you that have already participated this is the third time we're opening this up we've done it we did one in january we did one in march and i have um we've changed it up a little bit more to make it even better because we've taken the feedback that we've received from those two um, releases and made this one even better. So we've added more information into the five-day challenge to help you guys target, understand we've added a five-day training plan into the process. So we've just, we've made it easier for you to understand more specifically, the training plan that's going to be best for you. This is going to help you so that you can find the training plan that's right for you so that you can run faster, so that you can run longer without these aches and pains and injuries um, and without wasting your time. Because quite frankly, no one likes to waste their time. You want to go out and you want to be doing the most effective thing to give you the most bang for your buck, especially when you have a busy life like we all have, right? Yes,
1: I'm doing good. I'm busy.
0: Yeah, exactly. So if you guys want want to jump into our our 5-day running challenge. Just head over to 5dayrunningchallenge.com. Again, for those of you that have already done it, if you want to go through it again, it maybe it's a good time, you know, like you might find things this time around that you didn't last time. And like I said, there's other things that we've added to the program that can hopefully enhance your learning and answer some of the questions that came up for people in the last couple rounds. So again, fivedayrunningchallenge.com will get you free access to that program um, so that we can just help you guys understand a little bit better of how to take care of yourself so that you can run without any problem or limitation on yourself.
1: All right. So, speaking of people who do not want to put limitations on themselves, it's time for our favorite segment. It's runner of the week time. Woohoo! Nailed it. <laughs> All right. We've got. Should
0: I attempt your drum roll also?
1: No, I've got that. <laughs> Perfect. Every time.
0: All right. So, our runner of the week this week is a very. He's got a very inspirational story. He also he came to the running world trying to get healthier, lose weight, um, and and that's something that he's successfully been able to do. And he's also realized that um, running is a lot more than just losing weight. That, yes, a know, lot more than that. running has completely you know changed the way that he looks at himself and his life. And so for our runner of the week this week, we would like to recognize you, Guy Fitzgerald. Woohoo! <laughs> So Guy is a busy father of triplet teenage girls.
1: Woohoo!
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he definitely understands the hecticness of trying to fit running into real life. And I know that um, from some of his posts in the tribe, he hasn't really changed his work schedule at all either because he's right. deemed essential. I'm not sure what he does for a living, but um, he is essential an essential worker and he's out there every day still working the same job and still getting his miles in and, and making it work.
1: I feel like Guy has deemed himself essential because he has triplet teenagers at home and he <laughs> thought, I'm going to work every day. Yep,
0: I'm going to work. <laughs> um, so anyway, we reached out to Guy and it, this is actually kind of funny, reading over his response to us, it actually is completely apropos.
1: It's as though we wrote it, yeah, but I swear we did we not. We definitely
0: did not write that. And Guy, you can definitely vouch for the, for us in, in the Facebook tribe and let, let him know that but, um, you know, you got you wrote this before we even outlined our podcast this
1: week.
0: 100%. <laughs> so, um, so Guy writes, Hi, Angie and Kevin. Thank you for recognizing my effort. I'm honored to be Runner of the Week. I found you guys through the podcast. You have been a breath of fresh air and running knowledge for my 45-minute ride to and from work. I enjoy learning without having to dive in too deep. Probably the most important thing I have taken from you guys is the importance of strength training. It's not something I ever did. Since I joined Orange Theory, I have definitely gotten stronger in my running. It's going to be nice once it opens again. You also helped me to realize the importance of getting in front of pain before it becomes a major issue. After last year's injury, I have finally conceded to slowing down and allowing my body to heal and recover. Not something that comes easy to
1: me." I think something that is significant with my story is the weight loss. I've gotten rid of 45 pounds of unwanted unwanted fat. 48. 48 pounds of unwanted fat. I still have some to lose. I'm not really sure what that number is going to be. I have noticed once I build myself up to double digits that the weight loss has been significant. I'm still dealing with pains here and there, specifically planter right now, which most of us know is a real pain in the wazoo. I would like to thank you guys again for bestowing me with this honor. It is really nice to be recognized. Uh, He continues, thank you for doing what you guys do. I'm sure it's a lot of time-consuming hard work to put together a podcast, especially since you have a family and busy careers. I look forward to listening to the new podcast today.
0: So, for those of you guys that follow us on Instagram or Facebook or are part of the tribe, you will see our Runner of the Week post this week. So, he said that I'm giving you two pictures. The first pick is 227 pounds and seven years of being a couch potato. The running pick is probably ten years or so ago, my second half marathon. This is exactly what I plan to look like at the 2020 New York City Marathon, which is another 19 pounds and hundreds of miles that I will complete one day at a time. That's fantastic. I
1: yeah. really hope that the New York City Marathon is still still good to go.
0: I know this is the 50th anniversary of it too, isn't they're, it?
1: They're all huge anniversaries I of know. all of these things. It's I just hope everything's still going. We'll but, see what happens. Yep.
0: We'll see what one one mile at a time, one, one, mile, one step one at a time, time, one day at a time. I mean, that's a good mantra for all of us right now. Um, do what we can, stay healthy, take care of yourself. Pull back to move forward, you know, make sure that you're getting in the strength training, the mobility, the miles that you need, but get out there and move, okay? It movement is so, so important for you physically and mentally. Um, and as always, thank you guys so much for spending this time with us today. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate those of you that have shared this with the tribe. Don't forget um our contest also for you to invite your friends and family to become part of our Facebook tribe and for every person that joins that puts your name in the in the membership questions in the Facebook tribe you get an entry into our contest giveaway so invite your friends to the tribe if you haven't yet go over to 5 day running challenge com and sign up for that if you want to learn more about finding the right training plan for you. This has been the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 138. Now get out there and run your life.